Welcome, welcome, good morning, and welcome back to the show. This is Top Notch Sports Podcast, and yes, I am back today. NBA free agency is upon us, and we're going to get right into it, man. I'm pretty sure uh, everybody is in shock by day one, just like I am. I think this is probably the most interesting and wildest day ones of free agency that we've had in a long, long time, man, and uh Man, let's get back into it, man. I want to thank y'all who tune in, who share this podcast. I ask that you continue to do that. Spread the word, man, because I'm giving some good, good, good knowledge and uh, good insight here on sports if, you know, you need to be kept up on and and be updated on. uh, Be sure to uh, either download the Anchor app uh, and follow me, or if not, those of you who have Spotify, just type in Top Notch Sports. And you will see uh, my episodes uh, listed there. Uh, to be sure that you are on the right one, you will see a picture of me and uh, IBF World Champion Earl Spence Jr. But yeah, let's get right into it, man. Uh, I mean, first off, I think uh, you want to start off with the biggest news, I think, from free agency, and that's uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant leaving Golden State, joining the Brooklyn Nets, and not only will he leave Golden State, he will be joining forces with Kyrie Irving and DeAndre Jordan. Man, uh, the future's looking bright for, for Brooklyn already. I mean, you had D'Angelo this past season, and he played well, but uh, of course you, it's not very, you know, you don't want to lose a player like D'Angelo, but when you gain one like KD, that's good enough, but not only do you gain Kevin Durant, you gain Kyrie Irving, and you, and you get a, a solid center, DeAndre Jordan, and you already have Jared Allen. That's what people, uh, that's what people forget. Jared Allen is still there, and he's he he's really really showing his true colors as an NBA uh, center. He can be big time, and he can also learn from DeAndre man. But of course, KD most likely won't play the first his his first year there. Uh, he'll be recovering from that horrific and terrible. Achilles injury, but uh, for your first year, you you still get Kyrie, you still get DJ there. Uh, they made the playoffs this past year. I'm pretty sure that they can make the playoffs this year. Uh, hoping that injuries won't spoil this season for them. Uh, I can see Brooklyn being the top three, top four team in the Eastern Conference for sure. Uh, next, uh, I think I'm gonna go with um, one of my favorite teams. Well, my favorite team in the league. Uh, the Miami Heat, man. We made some moves yesterday, and uh, I just got the update today on the moves we made of uh, Hassan Whiteside. But yesterday, day one, we were, we acquired Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Buckets is now a Miami Heat. We do lose Josh Richardson, but uh, you get Jimmy Butler. Um, that's a good pickup. That's a good pickup. You get a solid all-star over there, which Miami was lacking with the fact that now D-Wade is gone. You get a I mean, you bring in an all-star over there. Uh, I mean, who knows? Miami could be a sleeper. I've I, I seen them as a sleeper this, this past year. I think they will still be a sleeper this year. Uh, losing Whiteside will be tough. Of course, uh, of course, I believe Bam will be uh, moved into that starting position. He'll be moving to that, spot, uh, that starting center uh, spot. So we'll see what Bam can do from there. Um but as far as the move for Jimmy Butler, 
we lose Dwayne Way at that two position. We gained Jimmy Butler. We still keep Dragic. Uh, we also lost uh, Kelly Olenek, I believe. Um, we do bring in Mo Harkless and Myers Leonard, I believe. So we don't have top-notch players in the front court, but I think it's something that we can work with. Uh, like I said, man, this is just the second day of free agency. The first day was yesterday. It's still a lot of moves to be made, and there's still a lot of valuable players out there. Uh, but next, man, uh, as I stated before, Kyrie is in Brooklyn, and we knew in these coming days that if they got Kyrie, to, you know, they will look to move D'Angelo. Uh, and D'Angelo went with a signing trade with Golden State, in which Golden State lost Andre Iguodala. He's gone to Memphis, but... In that whole process, Golden State are looking to move D'Angelo Russell. Now I'm a I'm a key in on this just a little bit. If I'm Golden State, you lose KD, you don't have Clay for a season. You get D'Angelo Russell. I think you should keep him. Uh, but trading him now throws up a question mark in my in my head because you lose Iggy. Of course, Iggy is older, but uh, he's been a key part in your success in these last few years. He's your 2015 Finals MVP. Uh, and now that he's gone, he was your second best defender. You don't have Clay, so uh, I would have kept Iggy, man. Uh, me, if I'm in that GM spot, I would have kept Iggy. Probably try to move off some other players to get D'Angelo over there to know, to, to, to know now that they're looking to move him. D'Angelo is a very valuable, a, a very valuable player. So who knows what they can get, and whatever trade they're looking for. Um, I don't know anything about who's interested or who's not, but we'll see most likely in the next day or two, maybe uh, three days. Who knows? But um, they acquired D'Angelo Russell, but he will be traded soon. We don't know how soon that's going to be. Uh, another big move that I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to as well. Al Horford left Boston to join the Sixers. Now, when you look at that Sixers team, that's a big team. That's a very, very big team. And then on top of that, um, they was probably the closest thing to knocking off Toronto uh, this past year in the playoffs. But who knows what Kawhi is going to do. Uh, let's say if, you know, let's put a scenario if Kawhi does go back, Danny Green does go back, and, you know, you got some guys over there that's pretty much the same team. Philly may be the biggest threat to that Raptors team. When you add Al Horford into that, you still have Embiid, you still have Ben Simmons, now you add Josh Richardson, you sign back Tobias Harris, which I'm going to get into uh, later on. But now you just make sure that you have viable players coming off that, come off that bench, good role players for when those guys come out. You know, um, with the way Philly is looking right now, they add maybe – two players off that bench for depth, it makes them very, very tough. Uh, a signed back Mike Scott, I believe, he can play at three and four position. Uh, we know Tobias Harris can play at three and four position. Ben Simmons is your point guard that can play power forward. Josh Richardson, if you watch Miami play, he was pretty much playing the one, two, and the three when Drogic, uh was uh, hurt. So, you get Philly probably is one of 
one of the few teams that have multiple players that can play multiple positions. Horford can play the four and the five. Uh, of course, Embiid's going to play at five positions, so who knows who else they're going to move into that team. Uh, next, uh, Kimball Walker. Kimball moved on from Charlotte, which I think was a very, very good move, and I think it was probably the best move for Kimball to move on to uh, Boston. You look at that team that Kimball's going to be joining in Boston. You got Tatum, you got Jalen Brown, uh, Hor um, not Horford, but Gordon Hayward. Marcus Smart, you got some good guys over there, uh, guys that Kimba should be able to mesh with, uh, and I think it's going to be very, very good and very beneficial for him because what other players have Kimba Walker, what other good players that he's set to play with this next coming season has he really played with in these past few years? Well, since he's been in the league, he got Dwight Howard for one year, but of course Dwight Howard has been past his prime. Uh, I think the next best player he had this year was maybe Jeremy Lamb, and Lamb has gone to Indiana. Uh, so this move for Boston is very good as well because you clear out those locker room issues that you had because a lot of people were looking at Boston as if they were a title contender going into the season, and now it's at this point to where, okay, who knows if a lot of these players that was on this team will still be here uh, we already see Kyrie's gone. We already see Horford is gone. Who knows if Marcus Morris will move on. Um, Danny Ainge, in my opinion, has to do better. Of course, yeah, you get Kimba, but you have to do better uh, as far as acquiring players and uh, the coaching staff and the players. You have, you have to know how to work together, you get, you, and, and you have to know how to mess together. So with this team, it's not like you have a big loss with Kyrie because you gained Kimba Walker. They didn't get to the conference final. They got knocked out, I believe, in the second round by Milwaukee. I expect nothing less from uh, from Boston. If Boston does not get to the conference finals this year, then uh, who knows what they do because they have a very talented team, good young players that's, you know, that's earning their way. And you add somebody like Kimba to that team that's a very, very good leader. I do not believe Kyrie's a good leader. I think that has been the issue in um, Boston. Kyrie's not the best leader. Uh and I do believe that's why he is going to Brooklyn to play alongside Kevin Durant because he knows that Kevin Durant is a leader and he can lead that team when he does get back. Uh, so, Boston, you get a check from me from now. I want to see what other moves that they can make. Next, I'm going to uh, move to Dallas. Seth Curry is uh, coming back to Dallas. Uh, I, I believe he signed uh, a three-year deal or a four-year deal. I believe he's getting about 30 or $32 million. I think that's a good pickup from Dallas. A lot of people did believe that Dallas was acquiring going Dragic in that trade, uh, but that did not work. They got Killer Lennox, uh, which is a very, very good pickup. If you are a Dallas Mavericks fan, be on the lookout because that can stretch. I mean, Dallas is surrounded by shooters now. They have a lot of good shooters. You get Porzingis back, inside-outside game. Same thing with Killer Lennox, inside-outside game. You sign Dwight Powell back. Um, you have Luca there, and then you add Seth Curry to that mix. Who Seth Curry was a player where a lot of people didn't pay attention to. He went undrafted. He bounced around from team to team to team to team to team. And if you watched him in the playoffs this past year and this season with Portland, you can see the the progression in his game. And now he can be a starting guard and can lead that Mavericks team alongside Porzingis and Luca and those guys. Uh, Dallas could be a sleeper in the West as well. Dallas could be a sleeper in the West, but 
they still got some moves to be made as well to make them a better team because we know how deep the West is and how stacked at the at the Western Conference is. Uh, D. Rose moving on from the Western Conference, going back to the Eastern Conference. He's joining the Pistons with Drummond and Blake Griffin and those guys. We've seen these guys make the uh, make the playoffs. Uh, of course, it was a short stint. They got bounced out of it, but I think adding D. Rose, a vet, uh, over there, of course, it makes you a better team when you've seen what Derrick Rose was able to do this year. Uh, with all the injuries that he's had in his career, he's been able to revamp and uh, just make over his game, much like uh, how we've seen Dwayne Wade do towards the end of his career. Derrick Rose has done the same, and I think with him making this new change and, and, and this new change of scenery and changing his game up right now, I think it's going to be very beneficial for Derrick Rose. We'll see him two years in Detroit. I think these that these two years will be two very good years, much better than the time he spent in Cleveland and Minnesota. I think these years will be very, very valuable to Derrick Rose, and not only to him, but the Pistons. I mean, we could see the Pistons as a not as an eighth seed, but as a sixth seed, maybe even a fifth seed, if things can go right and if they can add the good pieces around those guys too, similar to Dallas. Uh, I see Dallas and Detroit pretty much in the same boat. They have a good team, but you still got to add a few more pieces. And like I said, it's a lot of good talent that's still out there that they can look at. So uh, moving on to Malcolm Brogdon, who did a signing trade with the Pacers. Now, Indiana's looking very, very good on paper right now with the team that they already had. They were, I believe, the fourth seed, fifth seed this year. Uh in the playoffs, and they look good in the playoffs without having Oladipo. So you get Oladipo back. You still have Miles Turner. Of course, you did lose Thaddeus Young, which I'm going to get to as well. I'll let you know where he went. But you add Malcolm Brogdon over there from Rookie of the Year. We've seen what he was able to do in Milwaukee. I think it's a very, very good pickup for these guys, a very good pickup. So um, Indiana is most definitely on the radar for being a tough team in the East. Uh and could be a powerhouse because I made some some other moves. Um, I believe Bogdan uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I believe I'm saying that right. I, uh, I believe he joined uh, Indiana as well. Uh, another big move that a lot of people are not paying attention to. So I mean, uh, of course, some moves you'll see, some moves you won't see, uh, and a lot of them are being um, put on the back burner and on the back seat due to the KD Kyrie. Uh, move Jimmy Butler and uh, Russell and 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 and, and Kimball, but JJ Redick left Philly to sign with the young team, the Pelicans. Now, if you add a shooter to that team, I mean, it makes them very tough as well. When you look at the team that they have on paper, Zion and Brandon Ingram and Lonzo, and now you add a, a vet to that team, which I was saying from draft night, you add a few vets over there. They're um, they're a really good. A, 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 a very good sleeper team that can be a top five team if you don't take them serious. Because Zion is a true talent. Lonzo is a true talent if he stays healthy. You get Brandon Ingram, you watch how he played and watch how he progressed from his first and second year this year. He, he's a good talent. You still have Josh Hart over there. So now you have two shooters that you can kick to. We know what Lonzo's vision is like. We know what his defense is like. And like I said, J.J. Redick is a perfect vet to have on that team, and who knows who else they will add in on that team. Uh, next, uh, like I said um, about Hassan Whiteside, uh, the move that I just got maybe about 30 minutes ago, 25 minutes ago, he has been traded to Portland. 
uh, for Mo Harkless and Myers Leonard. So, uh, of course, we, me being a Heat fan, I've paid attention and heard the rumors uh, about Whiteside being unhappy and things like that. And uh, I remember hearing things about Spolstra cutting his minutes at time and watching the game. I would see Whiteside sitting on the bench for the first five to six minutes of the fourth quarter and then finally getting in. So uh, I do believe that it was some conflict there. And now that he's moved, who knows if it will benefit Miami or not. I think it's beneficial to Portland because you don't know when you're going to get Nurkic back. Now you add Whiteside over there with McCullum and Dame. I think uh, it could be very beneficial for them uh, for sure. Another uh, good move that was made, uh, we've been saying for a long time that Phoenix needed a guard. Uh, you add Rubio to that team, which they did. Uh, was a good pickup because Rubio can um, most definitely lead that offense. He's a vet uh, playing alongside Devin Booker. I think it's going to be beneficial for him. You get a center like Aiden. Uh, they're a very, very good team, in my opinion, on paper. But they're still a young team. Uh, I don't see Phoenix making the playoffs or anything like that. But uh, this is a good start to maybe next year and the year after that and the year after that. And, of course, I did state that uh, that, that is young. Uh, Signed with the Bulls. Uh, Chicago was a good team to watch. Young team, but a good team. Uh, We've seen Levine really show his true colors as well. Now you add a vet over there like that. He's young, who can play the three and the four. Good defender. Most definitely, that's a plus for that team. And uh, I want to highlight some of the big deals that was made uh, for players to stay. We, uh, uh, we know Porzingis is staying in Dallas for five years. He got a big deal. Clay as well. Staying in Golden State, Jamal Murray is staying in Denver uh, with his contract extension. Harrison Barnes as well. Damian Lillard. Nikolai Vucevic is staying with Orlando. Tobias Harris, of course, staying with Philly. Pat Bev uh, going back to Clipper Nation. And Chris Middleton staying in Milwaukee. But out of all these guys, I want to highlight one player. I want to highlight Harrison Barnes. I want to talk about Harrison Barnes. I believe he got paid uh, some big money from Dallas, and they traded him off. Uh, and the extension that he got this year on the first day of the free agency from Sacramento was a four-year $80 million deal. This man is not worth four years $80 million. Harrison Barnes has declined since the first year uh, Golden State won the title where he played phenomenal in my opinion. I think he was a big uh, a big factor in them winning that title. But since then, we've seen what he did in the 2016 finals where, I mean, that went to game seven. And, I mean, the kid went scoreless some games. I mean, I mean, he looked terrible. He looked absolutely terrible. And to see Mark Cuban offer this man this money and, and, and feel like he's worth that and he didn't do anything to – really make that team better because obviously they traded him and now he's in Sacramento and they're offering him big money. I don't think that's the right move. Uh, of course, I think it's a good move to keep him, but not for that much money when you can add more players around De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, Buddy Hill, and those guys. I don't think Barnes is worth that much money. I don't think he's worth that much money, but... Uh, those are some of the big moves that I've paid attention to um, so far in uh, this free agency. Of course, this is day two, so who knows uh, what else will be made. 
it's only 12:15 where I'm at. We got the rest of the day ahead of us. Uh, so for all my NBA fans, stay on the lookout. Be on the lookout if you don't have the ESPN app. Um, download it. Make sure you highlight NBA so you can keep uh keep updated with these uh moves. Me, I was um staying updated with uh Woj. Adrian Woj. I'm not gonna say his last name because it's very hard to pronounce. But if you don't know who Woj is, just type him in on Instagram or Twitter. Woj ESPN. He will keep you updated. He's one of the main guys I pay attention to as far as when I need updates uh for uh sports. Woj is a guy to follow. So follow him. Give him a follow. Uh, if you need to be updated, but that's uh that's it for the first portion of this uh segment. It is fight week. It is fight week for all my UFC fans. Uh, UFC 239 is this Saturday. This is International Fight Week. Uh, for those out there in Vegas, uh, I hope you're um, enjoying yourselves. I know uh, every year on fight week, the UFC has a lot, a lot of great things planned out. Uh, going into the fight, which is this Saturday, headliner is John Jones versus Tiago Santos, who will be defending his uh, UFC light heavyweight strap. Uh, the co-main, Amanda Nunes, uh, will be defending her UFC Bantamweight uh, title against Holly Holm. I'm just going to uh, talk about these fights for just a little bit uh, and uh, picking my winners for this fight. Uh, I believe this is a very, very good card for fight week. And uh, I do believe that fans will be intrigued and fans will be... Uh, Fans will be satisfied by what the UFC has put together uh, after Saturday night. Uh, if you are a diehard fan, you know that this is a very, very good card, especially the main card. So uh, I'm going to start off with the main event, uh, John, John, uh, John Jones versus Santos. Man, Santos is a scary, scary dude, man. He's a scary dude, sledgehammer punches and kicks. But uh, I'll be a fool not to pick John Jones for this fight. Uh John Jones is the greatest talent that the UFC has ever seen. And uh yeah, I mean John, Jones gets better and better. When you think that he can't get better, he I mean he does. And at this point, uh I don't think anybody can beat John. I think the closest man that came to beat John Jones was Alexander Gustafson and you seen what he did to him in January. So uh of course I'm taking John to win this fight when when odds are being stacked against John at times the guys that really are, you know, made to give him troubles. We've seen John Jones finish a lot of these guys, uh, Rampage and Machida, uh, his first title fight with Shogun. Uh, he's finished these guys. He's finished them. Uh, we've seen what he did with Gus in January, who, who was his toughest fight. He finished Gus. So, uh, uh, yes, I mean... Of course, I'm choosing John Bones Jones for this fight. I'd be a fool not to choose Jones. Um, Co-main, Amanda Nunes versus Holly Holm. Man, I'm a big fan of Holly Holm. I, I've, I've loved Holly Holm since she came into the UFC. Uh, I told everybody she was going to beat Rousey. Uh, people thought it was crazy. But uh, Amanda Nunes is a different beast. She's a different beast, and I'm not going to choose Holly Holm because I like her. I would love for her to win. I would be rooting for her to win, but 
uh, my gut feeling uh, is telling me the greatest women's fighter of all time, Amanda Nunes, will come out victorious. I mean, when you look at what she's done since getting the belt, uh, she completely obliterated Holly Holm, obliterated um, Rousey, and then she knocks out probably the most dangerous UFC women's fighter of all time, Chris Cyborg. Uh, so I'm going to go with Nunez for this fight, but uh, I will be rooting for Holly Holm. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that she pulls off another another upset, much like she did against Rousey. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next, uh, Jorge Masvidal, game bread will be taking on Ben Askren. Watching Ben Askren's first fight with 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 Robbie, which was very controversial. The dude was uh, I mean he getting he, he was getting his face smashed in by Robbie and uh, controversial ending with the choke. Uh, Herb thought that. Herb Dean thought that uh, Robbie was out, but clearly Robbie wasn't. I'm taking game bread for this fight, man. I'm taking Jorge Masvidal. I understand Ben Askren is undefeated. Uh, I understand he's a phenomenal wrestler. And when you look at a lot of guys, wrestling is pretty much still the most dominant form of fighting in the UFC right now. If you can wrestle, you can pretty much control a lot. Uh, but I think Game Bread with his good takedown defense and his fantastic striking, I think he gives uh, Ashwin a lot of trouble. I think that um, he can edge out a decision, but I would not be surprised if Game Bread gets the finish. I mean, he finished Darren Till, he finished Cowboy. He's looked he's look, he's looked very well in his last few fights. Uh, if if you look, if you pay attention to his career, maybe two or three years ago, he's been on the wrong side of decisions, fights that he believed he won with guys like Ben Henderson and it was just, you know, his his striking output. He's gone up on his striking output. He's throwing more punches. Uh he's putting more pressure. And um I think he's only gonna get better and better and better from these fights. And I think this fight with Ben Ashwin, I think we will see Game Bread take another step to being a true title challenger uh soon. Uh next uh young Jan Blakovic, I believe that's not, uh, I believe that's right. <laughs> uh, he'll be taking on Luke Rocco. Rocco will be making his light heavyweight debut. Rocco has been on, uh, on, uh, a losing streak, I believe. Uh, last time I checked, I remember him losing to, uh, to Yoel Romero. I think him moving up to 205 is going to be very beneficial for him. I think he comes into the, the 205 pound division. Bang! I think he gets back in the win column with this fight, uh, but I do not see, I do not see anybody being a light heavyweight champion as long as John Jones is in the division. But I am uh, taking Rocco to win this fight, and to start the main card off, which is a pay per view card, would be Diego Sanchez versus Michael Chiesa at one seventy. I think uh, I think Chiesa is just too big, too strong for Diego. Of course, you know Diego comes with a lot of. A lot of firepower, a lot of intensity, but I think uh, I think Kiesa is a more skilled guy. Uh, I think he's a more the more dangerous guy, and I think Kiesa could get the finish in this fight. Uh, and along with the prelims, the ones that you can catch on ESPN freely, uh, the main event for the prelims, uh, well, I wouldn't say the main event, but the main fight will be Gilbert Melendez versus Arnold Allen. Uh, Gilbert is making his return. I don't know how long Gilbert has been out, but it's been a very long time. This fight will be at 145. Um, I'm going to take Arnold Allen in this one. I I like his stand-up. Uh, he's a very, very good boxer. 
in a kickboxing game. And I think the time that Gilbert has spent off will affect him negatively. Uh, I think he's taking too much time off. I believe Ring Rust will be uh, Ring Rust will be a factor in this fight. I think Arnold Allen will get the victory. Uh, Sean O'Malley is also fighting uh, Marlon Vera. I'm taking Sean O'Malley in that one. Uh, I just think he's too skilled, uh, undefeated, tall, long, and rangy for. 135 pounds. Uh, I'd be a fool not to take Sean either. And uh, Claudia Gadelia will be taking on Randa Marcos. I think Claudia is, uh, I think she's very, very skilled too. Randa Marcos, she's a gritty fighter though. I love Randa. She, she, she's very gritty. Uh, she's very tough. Uh, but I think Claudia could control this fight with her wrestling. The black belt that she has, uh, that she has in jiu-jitsu, uh, I believe will play a factor, and Clouds is a very, very strong uh, fighter for her weight class, and uh, I do believe that she comes out on top uh, for this victory. Uh, also, uh, for my fight fans, my boxing fight fans, uh, Earl Spence and Sean Porter is confirmed. We are waiting on a uh, a date in a uh, venue. Um, if it has been confirmed, I have not got it. Uh, when I do, I will let you guys know. But that fight will be happening soon, uh, most likely in September. Waiting on uh, where. <clears throat> uh, it will be for the IBF and the WBC welterweight title. This is a unification bout. So uh, be on the lookout for that fight. If you're a fan of Earl Spence or Sean Porter, I'm pretty sure that you've been wanting this fight for, for a long time. Me, personally, I've been waiting for somebody to... Uh, Step forward with a unification fight at 147. Besides Pacquiao and Thurman, uh, also look out for Pac for Pacquiao and Thurman. Uh, today is July 2nd. I believe that fight is July 20th. That fight closes in um, this month. The WBA Super and the regular WBA title. Uh, I believe Thurman holds the WBA Super, and uh, Manny is a regular WBA champion. Uh, they are unifying their belts. To be one WBA uh, champion, so be on the lookout for that fight if you are a fan of Manny Pacquiao, the legend, uh, and if you are a fan of Keith Thurman, the young, the young cat, the young gun who's looking to take the legend out. Uh, that fight will be on pay per view. Uh, also, uh, Earl Spence and Sean Porter's fight will be on pay per view as well. Uh, also, uh, these last two weeks, uh, more important. Uh, well. First, I would go with Jamel Charlo. Last Saturday, he uh, he knocked out Jorge Cotto. I believe that was a third-round knockout. Uh, that fight uh, was scheduled uh, to be Charlo versus Harrison. Harrison did pull out of the fight due to ankle surgery. Uh, hopefully, we'll get that fight later on this uh, this year. Hopefully, November, December. Uh, that rematch has to happen. It was uh, it was made by WBC to happen because of that decision being controversial. Also, um, the big twin, Jamal Charlo, uh, he was victorious uh, in his hometown this past Saturday, defeating Brandon Adams. Uh, if you paid attention to his fight week, uh, he being Jamal Charlo, you would know that coming into fight week, he was the interim WBC middleweight champion, which is at 160. And you know, uh, the big time champions over there at 
160 are Canelo. <laughs> Pretty much Canelo and Demetrius Andrade. We know Canelo took uh, the Jacobs belt uh, back in May. And uh, last year in September, uh, he defeated Triple G for his belts. Uh, before that second fight with Triple G, we knew that uh, Jamal Charlo was the mandatory for Gennady Golovkin's WBC belt. But then Canelo would take that from Triple G. And now he was made Canelo's mandatory. The WBC has now made Canelo the WBC franchise champion, adding another belt to that division. I do not know why they have done that. Uh, I, I do not think that is smart. I don't know if they are protecting Canelo or what. But uh, I do like the fact that Jamal Charlo is now, he's been moved up from the interim champion to just a regular WBC champion. And hopefully we'll see some unification fights at 160 as well. Uh, the same night that um, Jamal won this past Saturday, Demetrius Andrade, uh, Boo Boo, uh, he defended his belt. I believe Boo Boo is an IBO middleweight champion. So, I mean, who knows? Uh, both Andrade and Charlo are, 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 are gunning for uh, the middleweight king, Canelo Alvarez. Jamal has already said, if I cannot get these fights with these uh, with these big these big names, Danny Jacobs, Triple G, Canelo, Andrade, he'll move up to 168. So I'm hoping that uh, in 2020 or hopefully later on this year, we'll see a big fight uh, at 160. But uh, that's all I have for y'all today, man. I, I appreciate those who will tune in to this podcast. I appreciate those who will spread the news about my podcast. Uh, I ask that you continue to do that. My views have been going up. Um, as I stated at the beginning of the show, if you do not have the Anchor app, uh, you can look me up on Spotify. Type in Top Notch Sports, all caps. Um, and you will see a picture of me and Earl Spence Jr. If you do have the Anchor app, I'm pretty sure you know how to get to me. Same thing. Type in Top Notch Sports and you'll see me. I have uh, more than uh, four episodes for those who are new uh, tuning in. But, I mean, continue to uh, spread the love. And, uh, man, y'all have a good, good day. Uh, For my NBA fans, continue to pay attention to this free agency. And for my fight fans, uh, man, just be ready. This is International Fight Week for those UFC fans. Um, And for the boxing fans, July. It's a good month. We got um, Thurman and Pacquiao this month. So pay attention to that. And uh, hopefully in September, uh, if all goes well, we will see uh, Spence and Portland. But like I said, man, thank you all for tuning in.